Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Another sunny day here in western Pennsylvania. Gorgeous, absolutely beautiful, isn't it? I mean, the sun sort of makes up for a lot of different things, but boy, if you get out of the sun like this all winter long, that's fun. And it's not much of a winter yet, has it? I'm, are you like me? I keep on looking at the... I keep on looking at the five-day forecast thinking, okay, the snow's coming at some point, isn't it? But it doesn't feel that way. I mean, heck, I think Saturday's going to be somewhere in the 60 degrees. So, I don't know. There are some people who are going, I miss my snow shovel, and, uh, you know, instead I'm using my umbrella. But, boy, I'll take it for what it is. Uh, for Christmas, uh, I think I talked about this a while ago. Uh, for, for Christmas, one of the the gifts that we bought, it kind of was like a family gift. I surprised my wife. I went out and I had... Um, like uh, 20, 25 different videos, um, you, know, that, you know, back in the days when everybody had your, your video camera, especially when our kids were really little, like from, you know, from day one up until 10 years old or so, we, we used that video camera an awful lot. And so we covered, you know, all the holidays and the birthdays and whatnot, and you got to see the kids grow up. And quite honestly, those videos have been sitting in a closet now for maybe another, you know, eight or 10 years, and we haven't touched them or watched them. So I saw a Groupon thing and uh, went out and had these things put onto a, a DVD and then later on into, you know, a little digital uh, clip. And so we, we've we been spending the last, you know, week or so when we've got a free minute, hey, you want to watch a baby video? And we sit down and watch. And it's fabulous. I mean, I love it so much. And, you know, <laughs> you get to see, you know, the kids and... All of us, and you know, oh, look at that! I, uh, I was a little thinner there. I had a little more hair there. You know, kind of. It's really good. Anyway, highly recommended. So we're watching these baby videos, and um, at our old house in our old neighborhood, the neighborhood was sort of like a throwback to, to like 1955. It was a we lived on this dead end street, and there were like six families um, uh, who all had kids around the same age. It was a flat street. Kids rode their scooters and their tricycles and their, you know, little baby vehicles on the street. It was just a real great sense of community. And to be honest, I mean, true, everybody on that street, well, not everybody, but I mean, most most of the women on that street were believers. And so my wife was constantly surrounded by other women with their with their babies, and there was always all this God talk. It was just really a great place, especially early, early on for our family to grow up. So we're, we're watching these baby videos, and well, my youngest boy goes, uh, out of the blue, he says, I really, I really miss that community. Oh, you know, whatever happened to, and then, you know, Logan. Logan's family, they moved to South Carolina. And April's family, poor April, she passed away of cancer. And then their house burnt down. And then they, you know, of course, they, they moved out of the neighborhood. And we moved out of the neighborhood. And out of all those families that were really close back in the, in the, in the older days in our family, we really only stay in close contact with just one family. So we, we were just talking as we're watching about that community that we used to be part of. And... <laughs> My boy, who's a real sensitive soul, he said, everything changes. Everybody goes away. And that is true, isn't it? That everything does change and everybody does go away sooner or later. I um, 
I walk my dog daily. I've got this. I used to have two dogs. One passed away. Everything changes. <laughs> Everyone goes away. And so uh, I walk this dog, and um, he's this sweet corgi. Somebody gave us this corgi a long time ago, and he's getting old. But it's just part of my thing. I, I take a walk every day. It's good for me. And, um, you know, we've got uh, different versions of the walk. Uh, we've got the short walk, which is like, you know, however you, however you want to do it. But the long walk for us generally is, you know, down and way up this big hill. And so if we're if I'm feeling good and my dog's feeling pretty good and I look at him and he's not hobbling or anything, we take the long walk, which is about 50 minutes. It's We just stroll. And the dog is so old now, it's not necessarily about exercise. It's just more about my dog sniffing. You know, sniff, he walks from place to place and sniff to sniff. That's his community. You know, he's got, oh, you know, I'm sure, you know, all the sense thing that goes through him, through all the other dogs in the neighborhood, he's keeping track of his community. But the cool thing about this walk, and what I've noticed is, I, I know people, I mean, I, and I'll put those in quotes, I know people enough that, you know, I see them, they see me, I wave, I nod, you know, especially now when I get home and it's late and it's dark. I'm always grateful, you know, for a little flashlight and walk slowly. And pe- people were respectful. It's kind of like, you know, back in there and it's not a heavy trafficked area. But that's that's a community. You know, they, they know me and I know them. Even though I, I probably talk, I stop and talk to maybe, you know, at any one time, just several people. And oftentimes, not anybody. But occasionally, you know, I'll know somebody, Carrie, you know, or, or Mark. And you know, what's going on, blah, blah. We catch up with our kids and, you know. But that's a community, that marker of me walking the dog. And, of course, anybody who's had kids, you know, the communities you find yourself in, that's one of the great things about having a kid is it it forces you into communities that as a, you know, a single person or a, a guy with no kids, you find yourself in. I mean, when our kids were little, I loved Cub Scouts. I loved Cub Scouts so much. I, was a, I loved it so much I became a Cub Scout leader. And, you know, every – I think it was every Tuesday night for years – You'd get together with all these kids, all these little pointy-headed kids, and they'd be running around with their little uniforms on. And, you know, there was a flow to that. I just loved it so much. That was community. Sports. I mean, when our kids were playing, you know, peewee, peewee football or little league baseball and then midget ball and then pony ball, you'd show up and, oh, so exciting, especially as a father, to walk up and see your kid on the pitcher's mound or, you know, at second base or wherever. My heart would get big and... You're sitting in those bleachers with all the other moms and the dads, and there's small talk and cheering and working at the at the concession stand. That's community. PTA. All the neighborhoods. Oh, you know, I say this because we've got some neighbors, and uh, uh, they're shoppers. Um, it's a, a mom and a dad and a, a daughter, probably you know, in her. 30s or so, but um, the other day they were getting out of their car, the, the mom or the, the mom and the daughter, and uh, they had shopping bags full. They just came back from the mall, and they were they were decrying the fact they were, to me they were going, oh the mall's changed. It's not like it used to be. There's no sense of community there, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and for them that was community, whatever that is, you know, whether they're walking around and going to Kaufman's or Macy's or the Dress Barn or whatever the Bonton or whatever the stores are now. You know, things have changed, right? Retail's changed, but that was their community. All that to say, I, I was looking at an article in The Atlantic, and uh, there's an article about about the nuns, you know, the N-O-N-E-S, the people, those, those people who are unaffiliated with a faith community. 
Now, if you if you attend church on a regular basis, if you've got a congregation, if you're part of a faith community, I believe, other than your family, it's the most valuable community that you'll ever have, is it not? I mean, there's something that's so deeply valuable, so incredibly powerful about showing up Sunday morning and looking around and seeing those familiar faces and all of you together, whether it's in the tens of you, the hundred of you, the hundreds of you, and in some instances of thousands, well, that's a different kind of community, you're all worshiping together. I love that so much. It's so deeply powerful in my life, and I'm so grateful to have that. I, and my, my prayer is that as my children, they become adults, that they continue on that path, and they themselves have a deep and strong faith community as well. And especially, you know, in the intimacy of your small groups and all that, to really get to know each other and to have the Lord in the middle. I just love that so deeply. Anyway, the, the story in the Atlantic is about the, these nuns, these people who, they don't have a faith community. So there's something called Sunday Assembly and Oasis, which are groups that were started back like in the early 10s, like 2011, 2010. And, and they seek to offer this community, this sense of community that is not religious based, but they get together and there is apparently singing of songs and there is uh, like, kind of like I think somebody gets up and does a TED talk. That's basically what what I'm reading. And, um, you know, they somehow have made it work. Now, the, the Atlantic article uh, article essentially says it started off with a burst, you know, in 2011 and 2010 and whatnot. But then over the years, because there was no central focus, I mean, a TED talk is fine, but it's not a reason enough to get up on a Sunday morning and go and sit and have a bagel and sing what? I, I don't know what they're singing. You know, I don't know, something, singing some Africa by Toto, right? I mean, that you know, that makes them feel good. But that's not enough. So that sense of community is so powerful in our lives. I guess my point is in all this, to talk about that is, I'm grateful for you here, and I'm grateful for everybody I know who's part of this radio community, that's a, a big thing. It's a powerful thing. Think right now, as you're listening right now, and we're here together. We're 50,000 watts. We're on the radio dial. And, and this station, 101.5 Word FM, we're covering portions of three states. So here we are in Green Tree, you know, right here in the city of Pittsburgh, right over the city line. And we're going in, you know, to Butler and to Zelianopel and to Wheeling, you know, to way far-flung places. My voice right now, just traveling. And whether, wherever you are, in your car or in your kitchen or whatever it is you're doing, we're here together, as invisible as we are to each other. You know, when we open the phones or when we're on Facebook or on Twitter, you know me. And I know you in some way. And our common denominator in that community is our love of Jesus, our adoration of Christ in our lives knowing that we are brought into this world as sinful, harsh, brutal beings, and we come together to, to try, to try to be better, to come and ask for acceptance, for grace with Christ. And so this, this is not church. Of course it's not church, and I know some people use it as church, and that's a whole other conversation. But right now, this community, I'm so grateful for you. I really am. I'm so happy that we're here together. 
to exchange these ideas that go forth every day and always to have Jesus in our mind on the tip of our tongue right now in this community together, in this community together. I thank you. I'm thrilled that you're here with us. That's community in some way. Now, of course, there's a lot of variables within that. Are, are we building anything here right now? Are we, you know, that's, a, again, a different conversation for a different time. But right now, together, there is community because we are featured in one purpose, which is the love of Jesus. So thank you for that. We'll take a quick break. Kath is not here today. That's a, another story as well. And um, that's another story as well. But we'll take a break, come back. We're going to talk in a few minutes with Jason Sharon. And uh, Jason's a, a pastor, a priest. He's going to talk to us about hate. Hate, what is it good for? We'll find out next. Stick around. It's the ride home here with John and Kathy on Word FM. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but I'll bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 and on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. The Old Testament patriarch Abraham and his wife Sarah lived a very comfortable life. So when they packed up their family and left their home for a long journey without a known destination, some people might have called them crazy. So why did they do it? Well, we'll find out as we study what some call the heroes of our faith in the New Testament book of Hebrews this week on Through the Bible. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6th grade open house this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., 
Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. Jason Schroen is with us. Jason's the pastor at Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Jason's a regular guest on our show. Hey, Jace, good to see you. Good to be back. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Now, and happy uh, Russian Christmas or Ukrainian Christmas or today? Old Calendar Christmas or Julian Calendar Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yes, today. You know. Very nice. Merry Christmas to all those Ukrainians and uh, all those Orthodox Christians, right? Yeah. Uh, hallelujah. So, um, uh, Jason, you came to us today to talk to us about uh, hate. Yes. Hate. Yes. This is not something you hear about. Uh, you we, know, need, we need more hate, John. We do? We need more hate. I mean, I think we're like, we have an abundance of hate in this world. We, we need we? more hate. More hate? We need more hate. I, I, would, I would hate to see the world with more hate. <laughs> we need more hate. But it's not the kind of hate that uh, people think of. You know, uh, someone sent me an email yesterday asking me to uh, if I wanted to partake in this um, uh, end and hate campaign or something like that. Okay. And one of the local schools is having it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's such a um, a blanket word, hate. But uh, the scriptures speak of, of, of hate, of God, the things that God hates. You know, God hates a liar. Uh, God hates divorce in, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. Um, you know, God hates... Um, uh, uh, the one, those who take bribes, you know, uh, bribery. Um, there's a long list of, of, of uh, verses in Scripture where, where God outlines uh, his hates, you know, an, un, an impure heart. Um, and these are, are things that we should hate. You know, uh, he, he speaks of uh, the hate of the fact that the Israelites were offering their firstborn to be burned, you know, it's a primitive form of, of uh, abortion uh, to uh, Moloch, the god of Moloch. And God hates that, you know. So there are—hate uh, is in us. It's in us for a reason. It surely you know? is, right. It's like love. I mean, we, we, are, we are passionate. We have passions. And our passions, like love, love inclines us towards the good. And uh, if we use that passion properly, then uh, love helps us to cling to all those things that are good, true, and beautiful. But the reason we have hate in our heart— is to give us an abhorrence for evil, and that's that's why it's there. It's it's that passion that when we have the encounter with raw evil, if we don't have hate in us, when we see evil and grave injustice, then uh, we've become lukewarm, and the Lord's going to spit us out of His mouth. So, if we have hate, then in some ways we replicate the hate that God has for the unjust, untoward things in this world. Yes, we ought to hate evil. We ought to hate it when we hear that uh, you know ch- there's child sexual exploitation. We should have a deep and profound hatred uh, for what's happening to those children, yes. uh, to the women who are caught in sex trafficking, uh, to corruption, uh, to all of these things. Uh, but rather what, what we usually encounter today is not hate, but just indifference, like whatever. You know, this lukewarmness, it doesn't affect me. You know, or acceptance, right. you know, exactly, exactly. So we really have to enkindle that, um, that, that sense of hatred for injustice, hatred for uh, abomination against the laws of God, hatred for 
uh, our callous nature towards uh, with which we we uh, incline ourselves towards our brothers in need. Uh, we need to have a sense of love for the good, and we have to have a hatred for the evil and the abominations that that surround us. How do you temper that, though, Jace? When I, when I hear about that, I think, yeah, I'm nodding my head and I go, of course, I, I want to be in lockstep with the Lord. If the Lord hates that, then, of course, I want to hate it as well. But it feels as though sort of the, the pendulum has swung to the other side so far that we are embroiled in hate 24-7. Yeah. Our, our, our hatred has become uh, 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 misdirected. Instead of a hatred towards sinful actions, hatred towards... Uh, wrong ideas. We've become a people who just hate other people. You know, if you have different views from you, I hate you. Right. You know, I don't even want to see your face. And and that's ungodly. That's ungodly. But um, the reason that, I mean, we do have hate is that God wants us to have an abhorrence for uh, evil things. He doesn't want us to to to, to abide and live in evil. Um, and and that that reaction that we have in our heart um, is to give us a bit of a buffer zone, like oh my gosh, I don't want to go there, and and that's what hate is for. It's to give us a a red flag in our heart, like oh my gosh, I I cannot abide, I cannot live with with that kind of of lifestyle, that kind of thinking. Uh, that's so far from what God wants me to be. It's 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 so far from light and joy, and uh, that abhorrence, that feeling of hatred. Uh, should should be the buffer that sends us running in the other direction. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that, to be honest. I really haven't. I mean, when someone says hate, I just think of you know the haters among us or my own hatred towards whatever is in the world that I you know I find myself in, angry or in a rage about. Yeah. But I don't think about what the Lord hates and that I'm following following along. Yeah. Yeah. There there are like the the King James version has a, has a good translation of it in uh, in the Proverbs. Um, you know where it says the Lord hates a deceitful tongue. You know, the Lord hates a deceitful tongue. Yes. I can't recall which exact proverb it is, but um, there are some translations which say the Lord hates a liar. I think that's the Living Translation, which is is a different thing. That's very different. But the King James gets right to it. It says the Lord hates a deceitful tongue, and it's the practice of being deceitful that the Lord hates. It's the practice of sinfulness that he hates. But he loves the sinner. Yes. You know? And that that's the difference. We have to be mindful of that. We love— we love the sinner. We just hate the, the, the mud and the mire that they've, they've fallen into. And uh, we hate it so much that, you know, we want to pull them out of there. And if it means that we have to go down there and, and pull them out ourselves, we're willing to do it. That's how much we love them, but we hate the mire and the filth. I think it's um, in the movie Do the Right Thing where um, Radio Rahim, who's one of the characters, he has on one fist, and I think also this is um, – a Robert Mitchum film from way back in the 50s, but both characters in the same thing. Uh, on one fist, the, 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 uh, what I think about it when I, when I hear you talk about hate and love is that both characters move their fist forward. And on one fist, it says L-O-V-E, and they pull the other fist out, and it says H-A-T-E. Ah. You know, there it is, right in front of you. Right. The two things together in opposition to each other, both working. Yeah. And it's hard to separate the two, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, but we need that push and pull. You know, we need that push and pull. We need to have—I I mean, ideally, we would just have um, 
you know, the, 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 that pull towards God, and we would just be acting purely out of love of God. <laughs> Ideally. Ideally, <laughs> yes. you know. And, um, but you, we're living in a fallen world, thanks to Adam and Eve and the, and the serpent, and so we, we need to have that element of uh, fear of punishment. You right. know, it, it, in, in an ideal, purified heart, you know, you're, you're, you're doing these things simply out of love for the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this world, there is this, this weighted thing, right? Uh, as, as there is love, there also has to be hate for that, for the things that are untoward, to hold things in balance in some way. Right. But in heaven, hate will be abandoned. Well, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I kind of wonder about that because in heaven, are we going to hate it when we look down and we see all the injustice that's happening <laughs> oh, that's down good, here? that's good, yeah. And, you know, for we Catholics, we have a bit of a different view. We believe that we can intercede, you know, on behalf of those who yes. are, you know, fighting the battle down here. So I, I've often wondered that. You know, if I'm in heaven and I see if God gives me the grace to see what's happening on this battle down here, I, I, I'm going to be filled with with hatred for, you know, what they're doing to the little kids, what they're doing to I know, the helpless elderly. I, um, but uh, maybe at that point you're just so filled with love that you act out of pure love. Right, you know? and it won't matter. Yeah. The hate will not be within you. Yeah. It may be around you, yeah. or you may be able to comment on it, but yeah. not be involved with it directly. But so far as we're in this world, I think if we have hate, then we have to find a way, as, you know, as Scripture says, about uh, not hating the sinner— but I just I hate divorce, or I hate I hate abortion, or I hate deceit, or I hate bribery, I hate corruption. But I want to change the briber. I want to change the person who's you know promoting abortion. I want to change those persons, uh, the, their whole worldview, so that you know they come to value marriage, they come to value life, they come to value children, um, and they they come to see those things as gifts from God. And I hate the sin that's within me. Yes, right? I turn against myself. Yeah, yeah, I hate my laziness. Ugh. But I, I love the God who's calling me to act of love. Right. I mean, it's funny, you know, whenever, you know, as a father, you know this, when you hear your kids say, I, I hate, you know, and my first response is, well, don't say that. You know, that's, that's ugly or that's untoward. Mm. But what you're saying, it's a natural response. And, and to some measure of it, it's a, there's a, a good to have a healthy dose of it in some way. Exactly. We should have a hatred of this tendency to serve the lowest common denominator or this tendency to serve Satan. Um, I, I shouldn't love it. I should really hate the fact that he's pulling me down, and I hate the fact that I buy into it every day. You know, I really loathe that weakness. I want to strive for for goodness and strength and love and, and purity. That's really good, Jason Jerome, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Hey, Jason, uh, always love when you stop by. Your perspective is always very unique. Talk to us about uh, what's happening in Carnegie, PA, with the Holy Trinity and you. Well, thank you. Well, we're growing. We have uh, we have a parish missionary there, Matt, and nice. his wife, and uh, they're doing great outreach Bible studies with young uh, uh, couples in the Carnegie area. And uh, it's it's a different model. You know, instead of bringing people to church, this is a way of bringing church to people. And they, they have neighborhood Bible studies. And uh, a lot of people these days, the nuns, as we call them, the nuns, the people who don't belong to any religious denomination, you know, they're not comfortable coming into a church hall like you and me and our your listeners. Yes. Um, but they're comfortable being in their living room. So um, uh, Matt's trying that right now. And, uh, really? So he's going out into the community? Yeah, his neighbors and, and things like that, and uh, they have a neighborhood Bible study. And, and you know, once you build up that, that domestic church and those friendships and that, that bond of love, then it gets to the next phase where, you know, hey, do you want to come worship with us? And I think problem the problem in evangelism today is we're, we're trying to bring people who believe 
uh, they don't really really believe in Jesus Christ yet, but we want them to come to worship, and we shouldn't be doing that. We should just be uh, baby steps. Hey, let's learn about who Jesus is. Let's learn about the Lamb of God. Let's learn about the eternal light, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then once they get to that point, then they want it. They know him. Then they want to worship him. And then you say, you know, come and worship with us. That's fabulous. What a great model. Very interesting. Yeah. Jace, uh, Happy New Year to you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Information about Jace, I'm sure you can find it very easily on the web. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we got a lot more ahead. We're going to talk about um, a very famous quote. You may have heard this quote, but we'll dive deep into this in just a bit. Stick around. It's the ride home here on Word FM. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Mattress manufacturers often add bogus features such as copper, cooling gel, and even diamond dust, which add no real benefit to the consumer but increase the price of the mattress. At the Original Mattress Factory, we stick to what works. Hand-built mattresses and box springs built with the highest quality American materials. We don't add features that don't have direct benefits, but we do offer an excellent quality product at a great value every day. That's what we mean when we say great beds, no bull. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory location today to see what the OMF difference is all about. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need? Try Liberty Mutual Insurance. Want to hear our new jingle? Here you go. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Want to hear it again? Liberty, 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 Liberty. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. 
Mostly cloudy with a bit of snow into the early afternoon high 39. Rather cloudy with some snow showers late for tonight, low 29. Flurries to start tomorrow, otherwise breezy with clouds and sunshine, high 31. Tomorrow night, low 16. Thursday, mild with increasing clouds with a high 41. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. One of my kids is uh, deeply involved in the uh, the business of eBay. He's been um, he's been a tennis shoe reseller, which is a whole other business, which is fascinating. Anyway, he's not doing so bad, you know, buying and then reselling tennis shoes. Uh, but one of his things early on when he was trying to figure out, you know, how to make money on eBay is that he would regularly visit thrift stores and pawn shops. When's the last time you were in a pawn shop? I mean, um, there was a time, I mean, you know, it felt like there, you know, how many down downtown there were, I bet you at least four or five pawn shops downtown on the North side. I think that there is still a pawn shop on federal street. Uh, I know if you looked, you know, somewhere online, you could, you know, quickly find pawn shops in the area. Anyway, a, a friend of mine was in the market for a new flat screen TV. And, you know, this is a guy who could afford a, a TV set if he wanted to, um, but he thought, I'm going to go into a pawn shop and see what's available. And you know what? <laughs> he bought one. Uh, but with that purchase of the pawn shop television set came with him, from his perspective, this big moral conundrum that you know he thought it might be exploitive, that he was somehow preying on someone's you know brokenness, that someone in their despair and needed quick cash went and sold their TV set and so you know he bought that up at a you know a cheaper price than he would have bought it a, a you know a Best Buy or online or whatnot um, he said this TV set now for a few weeks and it seems to be fine I think you know it's kind of a gamble right I mean you're buying somebody's essentially their used TV that they you know pulled out of the wall and then dragged down to the pawn shop anyway I just kind of isn't there there's a song I think there's a I think there's a song about the the pawn shop on the corner in Pittsburgh PA I believe that's true. Anyway, I've just been thinking about my friend and his pawn shop television set and my boy who finds pawn shops irresistible. Uh, he goes in and pokes around and it's kind of a sad, odd, fascinating thing to walk around inside of a pawn shop. You see people's wedding bands and their chainsaws and whatnot. Um, there's a whole other culture out there for people who... Uh, the economy of the pawn shop and what that's all about. Just thinking about that. Hey, we'll take a break. Come back. We're going to talk in a little bit uh, about um, George Eliot and a film that I've been talking about called A Hidden Life. Stay tuned with that. Uh, just a few minutes. It's The Ride Home here with John and Kathy on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are Christians immune to temptation? All people everywhere meet temptations. Don't think that you've come to the place where no longer you're going to be tempted. The Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Hear Adrian Rogers, a guide to practical Christian living, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. 
If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100, 800-290-7100. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast. With mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. I've talked about this several times over the past week. I saw a, a film last week that I've highly anticipated called A Hidden Life. Uh, Terrence Malick is the, uh, the writer and the director of this film. It's a fabulous movie. It's, it's only playing at one theater here in the city of Pittsburgh out at the Galleria. And uh, do yourself a favor because I'm surprised, quite honestly, it's stuck around for as long as it has. It's a deeply moving, beautiful Christian movie in many, many ways. Highly recommended. Um, it's not for the casual film goer. It's not, you know, like um, it's not a an action film. I guess I could tell you that, but I don't want to do any spoilers. But at the end of the movie, at the very end of the film, um, and this is not a spoiler, uh, there is a quote by uh, the author George Eliot, and the quote is this: "The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts." And that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. It's George Eliot. 
Marlena Propardita Graves is with us. Um, I put this up on Twitter uh, that I was so greatly moved by this quote, and she responded immediately and said, "Hey, uh, I love that quote as well. So much so that I'm going to write. I'm writing a book about it, and this is one of the chapters." Marlena, uh, she's an author. A beautiful disaster. Finding hope in the midst of brokenness is her latest book, and uh, she's with us now. Marlena, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I just want one correction. I uh, the book that is going to highlight these themes is called "The Way Up Is Down: Finding Yourself by Forgetting Yourself," and it'll be out in July, but with InterVarsity. But that one that you just mentioned was my first book. Very nice. Okay, so Marlena, the name of the book. Um, I mean, it really sort of encapsulates in some ways this quote, and you're drawn to this quote. Why the George Eliot quote? Yeah, because. When I read the Bible and um, I think about the people that have influenced me the most, it's not people that are greedy for money or power or fame. And I um, that that quote, which is so beautiful and so deep, reminds me, um, you know, my book, The Way Up is Down. Jesus says, the greatest in the kingdom will be the servants of all. And in my new book, The Way Up is Down, I talk about Philippians chapter 2, have this mind you in you that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was rich for our sake, he became poor. And then it goes on to talk about how he was a servant. But in The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, one of my favorite books in the whole world, um, there is a uh, chapter where they talk about, and I talk about this in my book, um, Sarah Smith of Golders Green. And uh, the person I like to think of as C.S. Lewis, it's in this place that's heaven. Um, there's a bus that came up from hell to visit heaven, and most people couldn't stand heaven, so they went back to hell. <laughs> right, they right. Go back to hell. But um, the people that stayed, it was difficult to get accustomed to the goodness and beauty. And they talk about this woman. There's this parade in her honor, and all the animals, all the people, the angels, and the beings are all honoring her and bowing down to her. And you know, the person, the narrator's like, well, who's that? Who's that person? It must have been someone really famous on Earth, because look at all the attention she's getting here in heaven. And his guide um, said, no, um, you know, fame on Earth and here is quite different. Um, and this was Sarah Smith of Golders Green, like a just commonplace town, but she lived her life so well, you know, an unhistoric type of life, to refer back to the uh, Elliot quote. Um, she loved people so well at, that, you know, she's a queen here in heaven. And um, that really just touched my life because I think, you know, one of my other favorite verses is, comes from uh, the Sermon on the Mount where uh, Jesus talks about, says, the eye is the lamp of the body, you know, and depending on the health of your eyes, that'll depend on the health of your soul. You know, if your yes, eyes, yes. you know, great, you know, if it's bad, how great is the darkness? And I think the closer we become to Christ, um, we could talk about that, the better we see. And so we can see, and C.S. Lewis talks about this in another book, that, you know, some people are so beautiful, even in this life, they're going to be, you know, more immortals that you're tempted to bow because of how much they are like Christ, like God. Uh, and other ones are so ugly, so hideous, that they're monsters such that you've never seen. Oh, that's fascinating. And, and my hope is, and I'm sure as well, yours, is that there are so many millions of people, hopefully, who are right now leaving, living these hidden lives 
that there is a life of goodness and, and beauty and doing the right thing, uh, of aspiring to follow Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, that they, there is this hidden life that we don't know who they are. They walk among us. I guess we could call them right. saints, but there are hidden saints among us who are trying to do, the, do that life, live that life fully. Yes, and you know, it could be someone in a nursing home whose body might not be what it was, but has, you know, the beautiful mind and heart. We don't want to disembody. You know, it could be the person that's a cashier at your grocery store. It's probably not going to be, I mean, I don't know, those of us that have been given an amplified voice to speak. There are some of us, you know, some that are saints, but just because you have a platform doesn't mean you're a saint. Absolutely. But, you know, we're going to be surprised. It could be grandpas, grandmas, little children, you know, the, the people that we least expect who whatever their life, um, you know, whatever their life station, like, for example, I like to think myself, you know, maybe there's a mom, you know, in the highland, uh, highlands somewhere, whether, you know, in South America or, you know, Russia or Siberia or Africa or, you know, Latin America or here in the Appalachian Mountains, a little child, a grandpa, you know, someone, again, that might not have all the no- the celebrity notoriety in the world. And we're going to bow, not in worship, of course, but just in Respect. honor of mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I know this. I mean, I could count, I'm sure, on both my hands. I know people who are exactly like that, right? People who, yes. you know, in your church community or in your neighborhood, you know that they love the Lord, that they are humble and strong, that they are striving to live a good and, and perfect life with Jesus. But they are just, you know, regular people who just go about their lives, not looking for any grandeur or any ego gratification. They're not posting on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. There Mm -hmm. is no, as you've said, no amplification. They just follow the Lord because that's what they do. Yeah, and they're courageous in, you know, their lives. Like they do by following Christ, by doing what's good and right and true and beautiful um, in a million different ways. Um, And, you know, God sees every, you know, that verse in Genesis, he's the God who sees. He sees everything, whether or not, you know, the world or the, you know, the media or whatever. God is the one who sees all those things, whether or not society or humanity does. Yes. The, the, the quote is from George Eliot. I'll read it again. George Eliot wrote this a long time ago. The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been, is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. George Eliot, just so beautiful. Yes. So, Marlena, I, I know that uh, we connected uh, over the film A Hidden Life. Have you had an opportunity to see it yet? No, like I told you, I, I was like, oh, it's about an hour away in it's Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm in Toledo, Ohio. And I'm going to check to see if it's still playing. I hope it is because I didn't realize what you said. There's only one theater in Pittsburgh, yeah. in the Pittsburgh area. So I really want to get to see it, especially after you tweeted about it and especially after this conversation. 
it's just a beautiful film, and it's one of those movies, you know, that you know now with Netflix and Prime and whatnot, you can see a lot of films in your home, and it's, it's fine. But this is one of the things you just sort of have to see in the big screen, that it's just so incredibly beautiful, so deeply moving. The images themselves are outstanding. So all that together, highly recommend that you go do that. Hey, Marlena, before you leave us, I, I know that you have uh, Puerto Rican heritage, and, and I want to express my sympathy about uh, the recent spate of uh, devastating earthquakes. Talk to us about what you know about... Uh, about Puerto Rico, your homeland? Yeah, I mean, when I, I lived there a little bit when I was little, I don't remember any earthquakes, but I'm following friends. And, um, you know, I, most of my family is now in, like, Florida and New York and some in Texas. But um, it's a beautiful island. The people are beautiful. A lot of faithful people there that love God. And it's just really difficult to see after Hurricane Maria, uh, earthquake upon earthquake. My hope is that they will get some disaster relief. But I know that... Um, even when the government is slow and moving, there's a lot of Christian aid organizations and others there to help. So yes. um, if anyone's available to help or send help, we ask that you do. Amen. Okay, so the new book releases in July, you said, The Way Up is Down? The Way Up is Down, Finding Yourself by Forgetting Yourself through University nice. Press. Excellent. Marlena, thanks for joining us again. My hope is that you get to see a Hidden Life at some point uh, before it leaves the theaters. Me too. Thank you so much, Don. I appreciate all of you. My pleasure. Marlena Proper, Dita Graves. Again, that George Eliot quote, the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. George Eliot. We'll take a break. Come back. Hey, Terry Tim's going to join us uh, in, in a little bit during the five o'clock hour. Uh, Today is a epiphany. Yeah, we'll talk about that during the five o'clock hour. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never 
never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Looking for a challenge? Challenging hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house Thursday, January 16th at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. Coast to Coast Career Fairs is coming to Pittsburgh. Looking for a better career? Re-entering the workforce or just starting your career? Come meet the area's top employers. This free job fair will be held Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Prepare for success. Wear proper business attire. Bring at least 20 copies of your resume and arrive with a positive attitude. See you there. Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. For more, visit coasttocoastcareerfairs.com. A long time ago, I had a friend who was a mailman. And uh, I would see this, you know, he wasn't my mailman, but uh, I would see my friend occasionally, you know, how relationships are, and there'd be, you know, an elasticity to it. We'd, sometimes you're not seeing him for months on end, and then all of a sudden, you know, we bang into each other and blah, 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 blah. But um, for, for years, my friend was a, a mailman, and uh, he retired on a government pension. And one of the things he talked about as he was closer to retirement was, he used to say, John, I'm out of here. And so what do you mean? He said, well, I'm going to leave the United States and I'm going to go live like a king in Spain. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? So my friend essentially retired and on his government pension, he moved to Spain. And um, once in a while, I'd get a postcard. Hey, John, you know, come and visit. I'm, you know, on the beaches and whatnot. Um, it's been a long time. And, and I wonder about him. I wonder how he's doing. But I, I thought about him because I saw this piece, and the headline is, Quit Your Job and Live Abroad, 10 Places So Cheap You Might Be Able to Stop Working. And in the article, they mentioned Spain, you know, how affordable it is. But the, the number one destination for people, they're saying, if you are of retirement age, you could go and live in, of all places, Portugal, the friendliest, easiest, safest country it tops the annual Global Retirement Index for 2020. They said the health care is good, cost of living is excellent, uh, access to quality food, uh, community. Of course, it's a, a deeply religious country as well. And you could live there on the cheap. They also go through a lot of different other uh, countries as well. Panama and Ecuador and Costa Rica, uh, Mexico. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, Spain's on the list, like I said. What do you think about that? Would, would you do something like that? I mean, that's a big move, isn't it? And my friend, he, he wasn't married. Um, he had family, but he just he picked up stakes and, and moved to Spain. 
Years ago, when I was in my 20s, I had you know a, a severe case of wanderlust, and uh, I took off, and I was gone for for a chunk of time. And I, I did. I, the final stop in my destination, I ended up in Portugal because I had essentially run out of money and was trying to you know stay stay away uh, from uh, you know continue my 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 trip for as long as possible. And at the end of the trip, I was so broke that I, I was living with a family in a pension, which is you know in someone's house. And I lived, essentially, I slept on their rooftop. And the family was wonderful, just a really, just a beautiful family. And I paid hardly anything to live up there. <laughs> it, was, you know, it was on someone's roof. And that was a flat roof. And, uh, you know, I had a shower. And uh, it was it was beautiful. Albafura is the, the area that I lived in. It was like this resort. But anyway, I think about that. What would that be like to leave this country and live someplace for the rest of your life? I don't know if I could do that or not. I think I'd, you'd miss certain things, but I guess you'd probably gain an acceptance and a, an appreciation an appreciation for other cultures as well. Just a thought. You know, moving to Portugal. Here we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk with Terry Tim in just a few minutes. Uh, he's a pastor here in the South Hills of the city of Pittsburgh. Always interesting what he has to say. So stay with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart tune in and at radio.com With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRochstra. President Trump appears to be changing his stance on the targeting of Iran's cultural sites. Over the weekend, the president said he was prepared to bomb Iranian cultural sites despite international prohibitions on such attacks. But now he's suggesting he'll begrudgingly obey the laws of armed conflict. They blow up our people, and then we have to be very gentle with their cultural institutions, but I'm okay with it. It's okay with me. With tensions between the U.S. and Iran escalating, the president says the U.S. is totally prepared to attack if Iran retaliates for the killing of its military commander. Greg Clugston, the White House. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says while the door is open to diplomacy to ease tensions between Washington and Tehran, U.S. will maintain a defensive stance. Cooler weathers in Australia helping firefighters fight those blazes. This is SRN News. Get ready for the all-new Winter Jam Tour 2020. Bigger than ever. No tickets required, only $15 at the door. Featuring... What's up, it's Crowder, and we're coming your way. Fashion. Building 429. And I will see you no Austin French. This is my freedom here, my freedom here. Plus Andy Minio, Red, and New Song. Plus, get there early for the pre-jam party with Riley Clemens. And more. Winter Jam Tour 2020 at PPG Paints Arena, January 17th. And here's the deal. You don't need any tickets. You just show up at the door. $15. For all the details, including Jam Nation VIP memberships, go to jamtour.com. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber and trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, US, and ULO, 52 weeks, 714 by UPC, MLVO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private 
my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. Nothing I tried could give me relief until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen-free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amber now, my energy is back. And those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt. And I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed. And I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Mostly cloudy with a bit of snow into the early afternoon high 39. Rather cloudy with some snow showers late for tonight, low 29. Flurries to start tomorrow, otherwise breezy with clouds and sunshine, a high 31. Tomorrow night, low 16. Thursday, mild with increasing clouds with a high 41. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmon. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the uh, Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. It's nice. I mean, it's, it's after 5 o'clock and the sun is still out there. I like it. So, okay, so all this talk, all this uh, war talk uh, between Iran and uh, the president, um, <laughs> I guess depending upon who you are, right, there's a, a different thread for you. Now, I've got uh, two sons, a 19 and a 22-year-old. And so we're sitting around the other day and uh, talking about this. And um, my 22-year-old said, hey, Dad, uh, you know, what if World War Three happens? <laughs> yeah. What if World War Three happens? You know, he's really upset. And uh, he said, you know, uh, the uh, Selective Service website crashed. He said, I might get drafted. And then my 19-year-old Trump, he jumps in. Oh, yeah, I might get drafted too. Well, I mean, that's a thing. People think that all of a sudden the Selective Service is going to you know, open back up again and the draft is going to go into effect. And all of a sudden, millions of young men across the United States are going to be drafted into the Army or the Marines. Or, well, not the Marines, the Army or the Navy or the, the Air Force. I mean, nothing's further from the truth. Uh, I remember, okay, I'm old enough, I'm old enough, and i sort of in this um, this weird area that uh, my brother, he was drafted, and my brother went to Vietnam. 
uh, of course, uh, you know how that was. I mean, for, for how many years, decades and decades, millions of men were, you know, were drafted. My brother-in-law used to tell this story that uh, he was on campus at Penn State. And it was when they were doing these, remember they did this, uh, they would do the uh, draft by lottery and they would, you know, pick out, they would have, everybody was ascribed a number. So, you know, uh, you know, everybody had a different, their birth date was their number. So at one point, I remember this very clearly, they had like an almost like a televised event where they were picking out numbers. And if you reached, you know, if you, if your number was in a certain range from one to a hundred, or I don't know what the, what the parameters were, a hundred, one to 150, then there was a certainty that you were drafted and you were going to go to the, go to Vietnam. And so my brother-in-law used to tell this story that, you know, they were in the men's dorms up at Penn State and they watched this thing happen in real time. And, and, you know, early on, guys' numbers were called number one, number five, number 15. And these were the guys who certainly were going to go to war. And people would like yell out and cry and scream. And there was all this gnashing of teeth. I mean, that actually happened. Well, there hasn't been the draft, I think, since uh, the early 70s. 1973, I believe, is the the last time that there was an actual draft in this country. Now, the deal is, and of course, if you've got a son or if you yourself did this yourself, you know, you, you have to register for the selective service. You just have to. Mike, did you register? You old enough to do that? I did not register. You did not? No. I so did not register. You're 33, right? 33, yeah. I wonder when that went into effect because when my kids, like, you know, once you turn 18, you had to, you know, register for the draft. You can't get a federal student loan unless you're registered for the draft. So really? I wonder you kind of fell in between the cracks as well. I, th- I, I believe so. I believe I did. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, either that or, or, either the, that or- the military police are going to come pick you up yeah. in a little bit, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to ask you that question. Classic huh? Mike might have to come back. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to drag you. Yeah. You look good in the uniform, though. Thank you. You really would. I yeah. appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in the clink somewhere in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll tell us one time. Um, one time, this is my brother. My brother, God bless him. My brother's, you know, he's retired now. And uh, in his early life, he was just a, a bit of a wild thing. And uh, I just said Fort Dick, so it made me think about this. We had gone on a family vacation, you know. Uh, so I'm one of seven kids, and um, my brother was drafted. He was in basic training, and we went to Wildwood, New Jersey on a family vacation. My brother was in basic training at Fort Dix. And so on the way home, on the way home from vacation, um, my, my mom and dad said, hey, we're going to stop off at Fort Dix and we're going to go see Jeff. You know, he's, we'll stop by and, you know, have a little visit with him. We were like, yeah, okay, great. You know, on the way home. So I don't know. I mean, I was a little kid. They, my, my parents go to Fort Dix. They get out of the, the station wagon. They go in and they come back, I don't know, a while later. My mother was bawling. I mean, she was in tears, just I'm like, you know, you see your mother crying, you're a little kid. You go, what's going on? They went to see my brother. My brother wasn't there. My brother went AWOL. He, he left. He left. But my parents decided to go for a visit while my brother was AWOL. So they, you know, they got the bad news face to face. Boy, was my dad hot. My mother was weeping oh all the way back. It was a long drive back from New Jersey. Weeping. When we got home, wouldn't you know it? Sitting on the back porch was my brother. He couldn't get in the house because, you know, he didn't have his keys, his house keys anymore. 
my brother and my dad, they got into it, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about being the, the sixth of seven kids, seeing the things that you see from that backseat perspective. Man, my dad, he was so hot because my dad was a World War II vet, you know. Well, he, my brother got in that car, I'm sure by force. My dad threw him in there and uh, drove him back to Fort Dix, wow. New Jersey, you know. And eventually, my brother found his way to Vietnam. He Then later on, after Vietnam, he worked in the Pentagon, and, you know, he was done with it. But he was not happy to be in the military. So, anyway, <laughs> we're going to go on a family vacation and see your AWOL brother. <laughs> anyway, that's not going to happen. So, the, so if you've got kids, and, of course, the, the draft is – there would be so many, so many machinations. It would be politically toxic for the draft to, to be picked up again. So I, I just can't imagine that they would ever do that, short of a national emergency. And uh, I pray, like I'm sure you do as well, that peace prevails, that cool heads prevail as the president and uh, the Iranians are uh, toe-to-toe here. So let's hope that um, we avoid all that, all that machinations, that uh, that we are peaceful and that we'll, we'll find our way out of this uh, this quagmire that we've, uh, we've found ourselves in. We'll take a break and come back. Uh, Terry Tim is with us. We're going to talk about uh, epiphany. What is the epiphany? What does that mean? If you follow along with the church calendar, my guess is you've got a good clue. If not, stick around. This is a fascinating thing as we talk about the epiphany next. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there's so many choices, but I'll bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 and on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. If you were to visit several churches, you would encounter a wide range of styles or traditions or teachings. So how do we identify which churches are healthy and which churches are out of line with God's mission? That's our subject this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, U.S. and ULO, 52 weeks, 714 by UPC and LBO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. Nothing I tried could give me relief until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen-free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amberin now, my energy is back and those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. 
I feel like myself again. Ambrun works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. When the original mattress factory opened nearly 30 years ago, there was no one like us in the industry. Our factory direct model and friendly, courteous sales approach enable us to build quality mattresses and box springs and offer them at prices that were hundreds less than the mainstream brands. This is Greg Trzynski, and we're proud to say that nearly three decades later, there is still no one like us. Where else can you find a locally hand-built product for hundreds less than any of the mainstream brands? Only at the Original Mattress Factory. Visit us at OriginalMattress.com. Hey, thanks for coming along. Terry, Tim is with us. Terry's a regular guest on our show. Terry, uh, always good to have you with us. How are you today, friend? I'm good, John. How are you? I can't complain. Pretty good as well. Yeah. Nice, isn't it's, it? This has uh, been a good week so far. After all the holiday stuff over the last couple of weeks, sure I was looking been. forward to uh, yesterday. Like, let's have a normal kind of Monday through Sunday week. So. To know what day the week it is. <laughs> I I had a couple couple of those days, uh, you know, in between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's. When I wake up in the morning, like, what day is it? Where am I? I and, liked it. And then I I, tra- I I traveled. I was in Atlanta for a conference for a couple of days last week, and that was really disoriented because I not only didn't know what day it was, but I didn't know what city. I was in. <laughs> That's it was dangerous. Really weird, yes. Yeah. Watch yeah. yourself when you're crossing the street. Yeah. Okay, so today, though, you come to talk to us about Epiphany. Yes. We are actually in the season of Epiphany. So Advent is over. Advent. The liturgical calendar is really, really interesting. I mean, you know, in our culture, we celebrate New Year's Day as the beginning of the new year. Yeah. But actually, in the in the Christian calendar, the new year begins with the season of Advent. Advent, you know, the first Sunday in Advent in December is always the reboot. That's the start of the new year. So we've already had Christian New Year. We've been through the season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Christmas is uh, Christmas in the liturgical calendar for for the Christian church is is more than a day. It's twelve days. It's a it's a season. Uh, lots of feasting, lots of celebration. We came to the end of that, and then, boom, we're into a new season, the season of Epiphany. Epiphany. So it's a phrase, and I think a lot of people who who are lovers of Jesus don't necessarily follow along the, with the church calendar, the, the liturgical calendar. So when it comes up, like they think, well, what is Epiphany all about? <laughs> yeah, I, I asked... Uh, I asked a question in my congregation oh. on Sunday. Uh, I said, how many of you, uh, or I asked the question, when did you last hear the word epiphany? When was the last time you've heard that? And somebody said, last year, you know, <laughs> a year ago. But somebody else in the congregation said, I hear it every day. I said, what? And she said, I work with someone who is named Epiphany. Whoa. I'm like, I've never heard that one before. Neither have I. And you're right. Most, uh, I think... Many people in the church, they're not very familiar with the word epiphany, the season of epiphany. We think of an epiphany of, well, he had an epiphany. Right. She had an epiphany, you know, and and we use that in terms of like they, they saw something new or we had this fresh insight. We had an aha moment. Something was revealed. Right. And, and that's the root of the word. It's a, it's a Greek word. Uh, actually, we find it in, in, in the scriptures, epiphania, which means to unveil something or to reveal something or for something that hadn't been before now suddenly appears. I see. So what has appeared is the Christ child. And there's the three magi who come and not only is Christ revealed to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Well, that's 
that's the the really good news of uh, of epiphany. Uh, I don't know what the percentage of our listening audience is right now, but I would suspect the majority of listeners are not of the Jewish heritage. Right. Most people are Gentiles. So I, 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 like, this is the big day for us Gentiles. Like, this is the season that we should be incredibly excited about because, you know, the narrative of Scripture, God has chosen the Hebrews to be his people, and he's revealed his love to them. He calls them to be his, you know, sons and daughters. He He establishes them, gives them a rule to live by, said, I'm going to be your king, I'm going to be your shepherd. But in Epiphany, we recognize that the good news of God, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, it's not just for the Hebrews, but it's for the whole world. And that includes us. Yay. I mean, like the Magi are symbolic. We, we don't know a whole lot about the Magi. There's all sorts of myths. We don't know if there were three of them. We don't know if there were astrologers. We don't know if they're kings. We don't know what their names are, even though they're named in uh, in one of those uh, those those Epiphany hymns. Right. right? What, what are their names? I can't even remember, but there's there these fancy, uh, you know, uh, names. But they're symbolic of the good news of God's love in Christ has come to the whole world. That God, God is all, God's love is inclusive and expanding. God is always looking for who's on the margins, who's left out, who's behind, and. The good news of Epiphany is that God's love is so big, God's reach is so broad that it encompasses the whole cosmos. And these these magi who come represent the fullness of God's love. And you know, we as Gentiles, we you know, if, if you're driving your car, stop your car right now and celebrate. Like God's love is big enough for the whole world. Nice. So this is the day that we're invited to the party. We are right. It's 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 God always has extra seats at the table, and He says, "Come on." Be a part of it. But before that, you know, Christ was born, but really didn't include us. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a line here. Isn't so, there? Well, I think about this. Uh, so as you're driving around uh, town, you know, through the Christmas season, you know, people have nativity sets yeah. out, right? And there's still there's still some churches and some individuals that still have those out. And it takes, takes some time to look at a nativity set. You have baby Jesus. Jew, Joseph, Jew, Mary, Jew, shepherds, Jew, angels, well, they're angelic beings. Right. But, you know, it's kind of that old, which of these is not like the other? Yes. When the kings, the magi show up, Jew, 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 Jew. No. They're Arabs. Gentile. They're, these are, they're not the same. And so even the nativity scene, the story God is saying, I'm doing something new. I'm doing something big. And the gospel is inclusive of all of us. So, again, if you're driving around or if you're, you're, you're looking through some of those Christmas cards and you look at those classic nativity scenes, like when you see the Magi, when you see the kings, it's symbolic. Like God's, God's for us. God is with us. Even the name Emmanuel, right? God with us. How inclusive is that us? Mm. Epiphany says there's no one outside the reach of God's love. No one. Like we, God so loved the world, not just his Hebrew people, not just the tribes of Israel. God's love is for each of us and all of us. And, and that's the beauty of, of, of Epiphany. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, and so 
these three kings or whatever they were, right? right? And that's that's part of the mystery of it all, right? Undeterminate, they, although they do have names, whether that was their real names or not. Right. But, you know, they got the call somehow, that they went on a journey, that somehow that, you know, there they were out searching for the king of the world. There's a lot to be learned from the Magi. They were observant people. You know, Matthew tells us in, in Matthew chapter 2, and Matthew's the only gospel that captures, you know, the yes. the. the uh, the visit of the Magi, but something caught their attention. There was this star in the sky. Now, we don't know if it was like so bright that it was just, you know, everybody, it stopped everybody in their tracks, or were these guys constantly just aware? Like, what's happening in the natural order? Mm-hmm. And so kind of day in and day out, were they looking around, looking for a sign? And one day they saw this this star that they hadn't seen. And and typically kind of in, in, in that culture, there was this belief that uh, when a, a bright star would appear in the sky, that signified that a new ruler had come into the world. And so we don't know exactly what they knew, but that star, when they saw it, they were, first of all, they were paying attention, and then they were willing to stop whatever they were doing to pursue that star, to follow wherever that took them. Uh, Epiphany follows pretty quickly after Christmas, right? We have 12 days of Christmas, and then we get to Epiphany. Uh, But many biblical scholars think that the journey of the Magi perhaps took even up to two years, Wow, wow. So so you think about that. So from the time they saw the star, they they did their calculations, they they huddled together, they got on their camels, they got on their donkeys, they started the journey. It could have taken up to 2 years to go from point A wherever they were. Some people think they were in Iraq, maybe even in you know, Baghdad, which I found really interesting with <laughs> Iraq being in the news, Baghdad being in the news. Mm, yes. They came from that space. But it, it took them a long time. So first, they, they paid attention to what was going on in, in, in the heavens, so to speak. They stopped what they were doing, and then they started on, on this journey, which to me is such an important you know, metaphor for the, Christ, for the Christian faith. Are we on a journey with God to find God? Do we believe that God will give us signs along the way? Do we believe that God is saying, come on, Terry, Follow me. There's something I want to show you. There's something I want to reveal to you if you just stop, if you pay attention, if you uh, get your eyes off of all the things that are just happening kind of in your own world. I'm out there. I'm doing something, and I want to invite you into it. So that's a huge lesson from the Magi. It sure is. That faithfulness of who wakes up and says, I'm going to follow a star, right? Over two years' time, perhaps? Right. That's an amazing call of faithfulness. Yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, you know, checking in with your, your spouse, you know, in the morning. Hey, hey, babe. <laughs> got a star. <laughs> I got a star. Me. I'm going to go follow it. I don't know how long. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how long I'm going to be away. I don't know when I'm coming back, but there's something that I cannot not do, and I have to follow this. I have to follow this prompt and see where it takes me. And then they were faithful. They found the Christ child. Well, the Epiphany story, uh, it's actually a story of two kings, right? When you look at Matthew chapter 2, they first 
come to Jerusalem and they encounter King Herod. Mm-hmm. The bad guy. Herod is a bad guy. I mean, you if, you if you read the history about Herod, he is he is the ultimate paranoid political leader. He's he's the king of the Jews, yeah. which means uh, he was appointed. He was appointed by the Roman Senate. He was a powerful man and he was a he was a polarizing political figure. He he was into building big things. If you look at the history, he he was responsible for renovating the Second Temple. If you've if any of your listeners have been to uh, Jerusalem and they've gone to the Western Wall, mm-hmm. or perhaps you've seen the Western Wall, that's the handiwork of Herod, Herod the Great. That, he was known as Herod the Great. He built the Western Wall. He built ports along the Mediterranean Sea. He built fortresses. Masada was a fortress. He built other uh, fortresses throughout Israel uh, to protect him and his family, just in case there was an insurrection. I mean, the, the guy was... Yeah, he was quite a character. He was industrious, and he also would would do anything to hold on to his power. There, there are stories told from Josephus, and uh, a Jewish historian, that he was so paranoid about keeping his power as king of Judea, king of the Jews, that he killed one of his wives and three of his sons, who were kind of creeping up on his power base. So to protect his own power base, he literally murdered family members. Wow, like. Guy was yeah. Guy was bad. So, <laughs> into that space, three magi from the east come and they raise this question: Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Herod was not born as the king of the Jews. He was appointed. He was a political appointee. And people are now raising the question: There's somebody here in this region that is born, has a divine right to kinghood. And that messed with Herod's head big time. So that's when he goes looking for the baby. He, well, he, he develops this, you know, this little uh, deceptive plan. Not a little. It's a, it's a hugely deceptive plan. He says, Magi, you know, uh, well, first of all, he gathers up all his religious scholars. What's up with this star? Where is this divine king supposed to be born? And they, they search through. They find a prophecy in Micah that says, well, of course, the ruler is going to come from Bethlehem. And, and then Herod says, well, here's, here's the plan. Magi, you go to Bethlehem, you go find this one who's born king of the Jews, come back and tell me, and then I'll join you, and we'll all go and worship him together, Hmm. right? No intention of worshiping. And that's a beautiful part of the story, that when when the Magi actually do encounter Jesus, they they open up their treasures, they worship him, and then Matthew has this, this very important line. He says, the Magi were warned in a dream— and they returned home by another way. They did not go back to Jerusalem. They did not report back to Herod. They encountered the Christ. He changed their lives, and they went home by another route, another direction. And boy, I would have loved to heard the stories they told when they got back home about their experience with this newborn king. I bet. That's fabulous. And of course, the idea that Christianity born and then spread on this story itself, it doesn't make sense that someone would invent, so to speak, a new religion on this story. Oh, it, 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 it's a remarkable story. I mean, it's filled with history. It's filled with uh, characters. It's filled with prophecy. It, one of the curious things in, this, in the text in Matthew 2 is that 
when they saw the star, when they came to Jerusalem, they said, we want to go and we want to worship him, which is an interesting thing. Like if, if you're if you're going to the White the White House, you're not going to worship the president. If you're going to visit some sovereign of another country, you're going to honor them, respect them. Yes. But these guys said, we want to visit, we want to find out where this child is, and we want to worship him. And that's exactly what they did. When they got there, Matthew says they opened up their treasures, they presented gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they bowed down. They got on their face, and they worshiped him which says right away, this is a different kind of king. He's not a political king. He's not, the, he's not that kind of earthly ruler. This is the divine one who is the king, the sovereign over all the universe. And the rightful response is to not respect him, but, but to worship him. And that's a, that's a powerful lesson from the Magi. Terry Tim is with us from Christ Community Church of the South Hills. We need to step away for just a minute, but he's talking to us, teaching us about Epiphany today. Stay with us, won't you please? At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. I'm Principal April Eisman. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. 
What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mostly cloudy with a bit of snow into the early afternoon high, 39. Rather cloudy with some snow showers late for tonight, low 29. Flurries to start tomorrow, otherwise breezy with clouds and sunshine, high 31. Tomorrow night, low 16. Thursday, mild with increasing clouds with a high 41. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Terry Timmons with us. We're talking about Epiphany. Terry joins us from Christ Community Church of the South Hills. So, Terry, you know, as you're leaving, we're talking about this story, the improbability of the story. I mean, who's making something up like this? People go, I don't believe the Bible. You know, all these stories that point towards God. This is the last story that points towards God in a way. Yeah, it's it it is. It's it's out there. Um, But again, to me, it's it's this reminder uh, of the cosmic nature of God's love. That's great. The cosmic nature. Right. I mean, it's not a little story. No, it's, and it is, you're you're right. It is, it is a far-fetched story. It is beyond belief to some, to some level. Yes. I mean, that the story of God is a cosmic story, but it begins with a baby. That's, I mean that's it's insanity if you really think about it. Like like God has this intention to transform the world, to renew the world, to redeem the world, to shower love upon the world, to heal the world, to to release the world from the bondage of sin and evil and death and and all of these things. And God says, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this little town called Bethlehem." It's so small, you know, the prophets say it doesn't even show up like on, on you know, if you, if, you, if you type Bethlehem into Google Maps, it not doesn't there. even, it's not there. It's beyond backwater. Right? God says, that's where I'm going to show up. And I'm going to show up not with some powerful political ruler, but a helpless, innocent baby lying in a manger. That's the beginning of the transformation of the world. Right. And to inform the world, to tell the story, I'm going to move a star in the heavens <laughs> where three people are going to follow along. I mean, I, I, it's been a long time. I bet it's been over a decade, Terry, where we had a, a, a man who was an astronomer of some renown, and um, he went back. This was a fascinating thing. I, I need. To, I think about him every, every uh, Christmas season. He went back, and apparently you can follow along and replicate historically the flow of the heavens. Wow. 
the, uh, yeah. the, the there it is. You can see it. Yep. And he went back and found the star, apparently, and said, this star actually exists. And it comes back, you know, once every thousand years or so. Yeah. But I can show you the, the reality of this, the truth of this star that the wise men followed. That's so rich. I mean, that... That there's a there's a rhythm there's a there's a structure there's a history there's there's science there's history there's myth there's story there's all of these things that God uses to 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 weave them together in this magical mystical powerful reality of like my love is cosmic my love is big it's starting small yeah. but from that. That small place, that that stable, that manger, that house in Bethlehem, these kings that come from afar, the the story of God's redemptive love just keeps spilling over and having bigger and bigger implications, you know, near and far and everywhere in between. And I love, it. And, and I love the fact that yeah, I, I've heard that that scientists somehow again it blows my mind they can. There's like a history of the the movements of the stars, and you can go back and recreate it. Right. Like on this day, that star appeared. Right. Boom. And you can show it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so you, you just said spilling over. So in spilling over, we talked a little bit uh, in the last segment about Herod and his bloodlust. In the spilling over, I mean, Herod would not be denied. In his search, in his quest to quell any competition, he wanted to go out and murder babies. Yeah. Not only did he want to go out he did that i mean we 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 call it the you know the slaughter of the innocents yes which is i mean it it just shows when uh when fear and paranoia set into individuals that nothing will stop them and and herod is this again a personification of evil in, in a person who will do anything including murdering Every male under the age of two, and that's where we get that kind of that that two years the magi might have taken. That he does this calculating calculation that that star appeared two years ago, so I'm going to cover all of my bases and make sure every child under that age is taken care of, eliminated, so I can hold on to my power. And again, it's it's easy to point to the evil of Herod, but that evil was inside of me just as well. I I I, I maybe haven't gone to that extreme. But I, I protect my, my turf and my power, and I hold on to things way too tightly. And, and Epiphany is an opportunity to, to open up my hands and, and welcome the king. Fabulous. We need to step away for just a minute. Terry Tim is going to stay with us. Hope that you do as well. Christ Community Church of the South Hills is where Terry's from. We're talking about Epiphany. Stay with us, please. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Some of you I know probably are miserable in your work and you're saying, I know God doesn't want me here. (laughs) But I got news for you. If God doesn't want you there, he's going to move you from there. Dr. Michael Youssef. Even the difficult circumstances and the difficult people that you're dealing with, they are part of God's overall plan to bless you and bless them. 
Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Mattress manufacturers often add bogus features such as copper, cooling gel, and even diamond dust, which add no real benefit to the consumer but increase the price of the mattress. At the Original Mattress Factory, we stick to what works. Hand-built mattresses and box springs built with the highest quality American materials. We don't add features that don't have direct benefits, but we do offer an excellent quality product at a great value every day. That's what we mean when we say great beds, no bull. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory location today to see what the OMF difference is all about. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Salem has a great reputation throughout the whole country. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. Now I can really show the clients how their business can grow because now we have something that can really measure it. Plus, we have a great team. It's a nice place to work. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com slash careers. Coast to Coast Career Fairs is coming to Pittsburgh. Don't miss this opportunity to meet the area's top employers. This free job fair will be held Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. For more, visit CoastToCoastCareerFairs.com. Terry Tim's with me today. We were just talking about the epiphany, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard left, Terry. Years ago, um, years ago, I bet you it was a decade, maybe yeah, because my kids were like super little. I got an email from uh, the good people at Oscar Meyer. And they were like, hey, the uh, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is coming to Pittsburgh. Would you like to take a ride? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I was like, yes, I would have loved to. So um, we did a little contest. And we had, uh, you know, if you want to be in it. And one of our listeners won the contest. And so this guy and his family, they went for a ride. My kids showed up. And me and Kath, her kids showed up. And these guys, these two students... Uh, to be an Oscar Wienermobile driver, you have to be a college graduate, go through all this sort of corporate, you know, vetting, and then you spend a year, a guy and a girl, driving. Now, I think there's like four different Oscar Mayer Wienermobiles. You drive this thing around the country doing the thing like that they did here. Yeah. They take out media people. They take out winners. They take out fans. And you just drive around. That is such a blast. Oh. From my past, I mean, I can remember as a small child that thing showing up at. I grew, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, and the 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 food chain, the grocery store was Coles. That was the big food, you know, the Coles that we yeah. have now. It was was started as a, a grocery store, really? and and that thing parked outside, oh my God. and they would give you those little whistles. I've got one, right? You you still have one? <laughs> still oh have. my gosh! But here's so here's my Wienermobile story. 
you know, you're talking about the guy and the girl that, yeah. that drive it for a year. So, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, I, I'm driving home after work one day, and I pull up, I, I'm pulling down my street. The Wienermobile <laughs> is parked next to my house. What? It's parked right next to my house because my next door neighbor, Aaron, was one of the drivers no. who did that. She drove the Wienermobile across the country for a year. What a great yep. gig. And and they were they were in town, maybe it was the same time they were in town that you and Might they, have you been. know, hey Aaron, can we stop by your house in your neighborhood? So our whole neighborhood got to take a uh, drive? We didn't get to drive it. We just, you know, Got to touch it and see it and yeah, take yeah. pictures with it and it's 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 oddly sort of like 1965 futuristic. Oh yeah, I mean, well, well, I I was surprised. I thought it was like when I was a kid, it was so big. Yeah. It's not as big as I I no. remembered. It's it's big and it's, it's like unique. a minivan and a half. Yes, somewhere yes. in that ballpark. But it is it's it's future. It's Back to the Futurist. It's nah, that's amazing. So, wow. did you talk to her about her experience? Oh yeah, she loved it. It was, I mean, you know, they, somebody should do a documentary about that. That's a good you know, idea because, like you said, driving across the country, it's this um, this piece of Americana. Yeah. I, I, the stories, the people that you encounter, the experiences again, uh, connecting with people's childhood. Yeah, right. she had a, she had a really amazing experience. So I would it. imagine that she would be, you know, a, a people person, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, clean-cut Americana, boy and girl, out there just doing this thing. Because these two kids yep. showed up here. They came in the studio. We sat down. We did a segment with them. And then we all took a drive together. Yeah. It was just so much fun. It's beautiful. I mean, you know the song, right? <laughs> oh, I wish I was in Austin. I'm not singing it. You can go. You're on your own there, John. <laughs> Belt it out. But <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, that's classic 60s stuff. You know, the amazing thing about hot dogs is, I mean, they're such a part of American culture. Yeah. They're so terrible for you. Oh, the worst. Like, they are probably the worst food you could consume. Probably. Uh, uh, I was a pastor in Mount Washington for a number of years, and we had this food co-op uh, thing that we worked in the community. And we worked with a, a, a butcher, a meat distributor. And we always included hot dogs because it's a staple. Yeah. And I remember we were talking to him one time and we said, how much does a pound of hot dogs cost? <laughs> and he said, let me turn around. He said, how much do you want to pay? He said, I can make you $20 a pound hot dogs or a nickel oh, a pound. Uh-huh. He said, you pick your price point. <laughs> because I'll just put whatever inside <laughs> exactly. there, right? And that was like – I. I don't eat a lot of hot dogs anymore after that. It yeah. was just, you know, a good once, maybe once a year I have a hot dog. Well, you know, there's some hot dogs that are like higher end hot dogs, right? Hebrew National. Yeah, right? they're higher end. Yeah, they're yeah. still hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there's a time, like, not that long ago, my kid was like, could I, let's let's get some hot dogs. So he bought some hot dogs. And his whole, his big treat is, he thinks like, you know, sort of fine dining is a nice Hebrew national and some pork and beans. Ooh. Okay. That's fine. Wow. I mean, you know, once How in a while. He? He's 18. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's fine dining. for an 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, you ever have a Chicago hot dog? Oh, yeah. Yobies down here. In those the, are. Oh, those are fabulous. Yep. But you, you, they're covered up with all sorts of things. You don't really know what you're eating. I mean, to be honest, my dream <laughs> Was to own a hot dog shop. I mean, there's a place down in the in the Outer Banks, um, um, King Tut, King Tut Hot Dogs. Okay, and I thought that'd be like if I could just like live in the Outer Banks and sell hot dogs for a living. That I mean, you know, doesn't take a whole lot of culinary skill to make a hot dog. No, right? And have you been to the O? 
<laughs> yes, I have. Right? You've been to Yale. <laughs> How about these guys, uh, Franctuary? You know, those yep. are a couple of Christians those, from Grove City College. Those are those are higher end hot yes, dogs. Yes, they are. They very, were just with us not creative. that long ago. Yep, yep. And and they've actually been around. Franctuary, they've been around for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can gourmet just about anything. Sure you can. Right, yeah. <laughs> Why did this story start? What was what was the point of this, John? I don't know. <laughs> we went from epiphany to well, hot dogs. Yeah, again, the the word epiphany means appearing. Yes. So pay attention. You never know when the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile may show up. Oh, my gosh. And you got to pay attention. Fabulous. Mike, we take a break. We're okay? Oh, good. Stick around. Uh, we've gone from epiphany to hot dogs. Who knows what's up next? We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Glue and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At Stock Family Dentistry. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. It's easier to change the world than you think. Sponsor a child in extreme poverty with Compassion International, and you will change the world for that child. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 to sponsor right now. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. With Salem Surround, I can really tie it back to I'm helping people. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. This is a very rewarding career. Whenever you can show actual proof and say, hey, look, this is what we were able to do for you this month. To be able to show that, you realize that I'm helping people and I'm making a difference. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com slash careers. We're talking with Pastor Terry Tim. 
Christ Community Church at the South Hills. So, Terry, I saw an article in today's New York Times that uh, talks about that January is generally considered the month of divorce. Wow. That um, from Thanksgiving until the end of the year, divorce lawyers' phones go cold because people are, we're going to stick together. You know, our marriage is not doing great, but uh, we'll get together over the holidays and we'll hope for the best. But then, of course, over the once the holidays end, people are going, well, that didn't work out really well. So I'm going to do online searches and I'm going to move forward now and get a divorce lawyer. New year, new you. Yeah, new that's start. exactly what yep. it is, right? So, I mean, I mean, it's no secret. I mean, divorce is epidemic uh, in the Christian church and just in, in the world uh, itself, and it's a heartbreak. It, it's one of the sad things when, when you read some of the Barna studies and the Pew studies, and they, they, they look at the percentages of marriages that end in divorce inside the church, outside the church, and the statistics are pretty much the same. I mean, marriage marriage is hard. Yes, it is. It's really difficult. And... And one of the things when I when I do premarital counseling, I I always I always talk about I name tell me what tell me about divorce, you know what do you think about divorce? Because I find that quite often, uh, how people think about divorce going into a marriage will guide how they navigate through their marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go into a marriage with divorce as an option, there's a there's a likelihood that you may exercise that option. But if you go into a, a marriage with a, a commitment to stay married and you take divorce off the table from the very beginning, there's a greater likelihood that you might work harder and do the work that you need to do to stay married. Right. But uh, divorce is a painful, painful reality. But and I could see how this could happen, as you said, like in the holiday season, people are going to, you know, we're going to hunker down, we're going to get through the holidays. Or one of the things I could see as well, the holidays are. I mean, Thanksgiving to New Year's Day is one of the most emotionally stressful seasons yes. for people. And uh, people could could almost be, be maybe broken or worn down by the difficulty, the emotional hardness, and just say, I can't deal with this anymore. I need help. I need out. So they're, like you said, they're online Googling, where can, where can I find an attorney who can help me unwind and, and get out of this thing that's hard and painful? That, that's rough. It sure is. Ugh. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I forget what Hollywood celebrity they were talking about. You know, we were, the, the celebrity couple was unusual because they were married for 40 years. And someone said. Well, it was, I mean, it was Tom Hanks. Tom I mean, Hanks. Right. The Golden Globes. He talked about, you know, I think his marriage of 30, 35 right. years. And five or kids. Yep. But they said, what's the secret to your to your marriage? And they said, don't get divorced. Yeah. Right. I mean, th- there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. But, but it is, you know, um, people have to come to this with the idea that we're both going to work through this. Right? We're going to find a, a process. And, uh, you know, in the old days, th- couples therapy, marriage therapy, that was kind of verboten. Now it's a good thing. It's a lifeline for a lot of people. If you think about uh, the last time you've been to a wedding or think about your own wedding, uh, one of the most outrageous things is when people take their vows. Yeah. Uh, Jim Collins has a book called Good to Great, and he talks about the difference between good organizations and great organizations. And he 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 coined this word, BHAG, BHAG. He said great great organizations always have a BHAG, a big hairy audacious goal. Mm-hmm. And I use that language, a BHAG, but it's a big holy audacious goal. Like, think about the vows that a man and a woman take in the context of marriage. That. That's 
crazy talk. Sure is. Because it's only a matter, and I say it to couples, it's only a matter of time. (laughs) A minute, five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks, five years. At some point in our humanness, we're going to break those vows. And marriage is this incubator for grace. Like learning how to give grace, learning how to forgive, learning how to persevere and, and hanging in there. And it's hard, hard work. It takes discipline and commitment. Sacrifice. And, uh, yeah, it's sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, it is a big, holy, audacious goal. Mm, it sure is. Hey, Tara, uh, Christ Community Church of the South Hills, talk to us about it. Yeah, we, uh, we meet on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at Boyce Middle School in Upper St. Clair. Uh, we're, uh, right now, we're, we're actually following the, the lectionary through our preaching and teaching on Sunday mornings. So uh, those, those readings that the church, you know, Universal is processing through. And we're in the season of epiphany when God is showing up if we pay attention. Fabulous. Always good to see you, Terry. Great Thanks so much. Yep. Terry, Tim, we'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.